Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, everyone. Hope you all are doing well. And uh, man, uh, we have we have a beautiful chapter ahead of us today, this morning in Deuteronomy 10. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, we are going through. And so uh, we've got some really beautiful illustrations um, to kind of look at uh, as we go through. And I really read this much as almost as like kind of Moses's diary, the way he writes this versus Exodus and um, Numbers and Leviticus and everything else, you know. Um, so I just really, really enjoy it. Um, but let's let's dive into the word. Let's pray, really hear what God is trying to put on our hearts this morning uh, as we dive into Deuteronomy 10 and uh, and see what we have going on. And so let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning and just awe and reverence of you. May our hearts and our minds just be open to your word this morning. Lord, as we just dive into what uh, Moses uh, wrote here, uh, we know that ultimately it's it's breathed and, and just given by you. It's inspired by you. It's, um, it, it's your heart for us, Lord. Uh, as we read in this chapter uh, specifically, Lord, may we just prepare ourselves this morning to hear from you. Uh, Lord, or I surrender myself to you that, that this is your word. Teach me as much as anybody else uh, what your word has for us today. Lord, we just love you. We love you no matter what is going on because you are God, because you are our God, uh, because you are the author of salvation and of grace. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So Deuteronomy 10, there's quite a bit in here um, when you really start dissecting it. And there's two good, good parts of it. We're really talking right at the beginning. Um, Moses kind of diaring through, uh, you know, getting the Ten Commandments rewritten. Uh, and then there's another part where it really it just speaks to the heart of God and the call to love and, and be obedient to him. Uh, and so there's, those are kind of the two primary areas that, um, that Deuteronomy 10 is talking about. But let's dive into it. Let's read exactly what he has reading out of the NLT uh, version. And so Deuteronomy 10, verse 1. At that time, the Lord said to me, uh, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. Also make a wooden ark, a sacred chest to store them in. Come up to me on the mountain, and I will write on the tablets the ark, or, and write on the tablets the same words that were on the uh, ones you smashed. Then place the tablets in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood and cut uh, two stone tablets like the first two. 
Then I went up to the mountain with the tablets in my hand. Once again, the Lord wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets and gave them to me. They were the same words the Lord has spoken uh, to you from the heart of the fire on the day that you were assembled at the foot of the mountain. Then I turned and came down on the mountain and placed the tablets in the Ark of the Covenant, which I had made just as the Lord commanded me. And the tablets are still there in the Ark. Verse 6, the people of Israel set out from the wells uh, of the people of uh, Jachan and been traveled to uh, Mosera, where Aaron died and was buried. His son Eleazar uh, ministered as high priest in this place. Then they journeyed to Gogada, and from there to Jebatha, a land with many brooks and streams. At that time, the Lord set apart uh, the tribe of Israel to carry the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. And to stand before the Lord at his, <clears throat> as his ministers and to pronounce blessings in his name. These are their duties unto this day. That is why the Levites have no share of property or possession of the land among uh, the other Israelite tribes. The Lord himself is their special possession, as the Lord your God told them. As for me, I stayed on the mountain in the Lord's presence for 40 days and nights as I had done the first time. And once again, the Lord listened to my pleas and agreed not to destroy you. <laughs> then the Lord said to me, get up and resume the journey and lead the people to the land I swore to give to their ancestors so they may take possession of it. Verse 12. <clears throat> and now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him, and love him, and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love. And he chose you, the descendants, above all other nations, as it is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. Let that sink in a little bit. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land, in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your, your oaths. Ugh must be in the name alone he alone is your god the only one who is worthy of your praise the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your eyes when your ancestors went down into egypt there were only 70 of them but now the lord your god has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky the word of the lord 
So get a good stretch in and hopefully you got coffee, tea, water, whatever it is um, that gets you uh, up and lubricated for the day. And um, there's a lot in here. We see Moses rem remembering a couple things and kind of like reevaluating re uh, some of what he wrote and it says chisel out two stone tablets and then also make a wooden ark. There's kind of a level of, to me, is there's a couple things that I pull from this. Is that what do, what do we what do we do to prepare ourselves for God's word in our heart, in our mind? Do we really come and when we read the word of God, do we come just to hear what we want to hear? Or do we really uh, are ready to take in everything that he has to say to us? Do we really sit down and listen to what it is? Or do we just pick out the nice things or the things that sound good? Do we take it all in? How do, do we prepare our hearts, which, you know, we have these hearts and many times uh god talks about you know your heart being um you know built up like stone having a hard heart like stone and here he's talking about take out these two tablets chisel them pull them out of the earth and prepare them to receive my word and then also prepare a wooden ark a sacred chest to store them in and we all know now, like as New Testament believers in Jesus, that guess what? Our, our hearts are the chest, are the stone tablets in which God is writing his word on us, that we need to renew our minds uh, by reading and being a part of his word. Second Timothy uh, 3.16 and talks about that all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God breathed. So are we absorbing all of it? If all of it is God breathed, all of it is given to us by him, inspired by him, uh, by the Holy Spirit on uh, the different authors throughout these 66 books. Aren't we taking it all in? Or just the parts that sound good, just the parts that people make Instagram little photos of with like flowers around the scripture and all that pretty stuff that really just makes us fear and feel chipper and great today. Or do we listen to the ones like in verse 16, therefore change your hearts and stop being stubborn. Do we take it all in? Do we prepare for it? And here's the other part is that so the first time is such a this really shows to how how we do this. Right. God writes his uh, word on the stone tablets first. And then Moses comes down and we're and all the people are rebelling against God, uh, making a golden calf, uh, having wild, crazy party and making up their own gods and doing their own thing. Basically, and Moses so mad, he breaks the stone tablets, the Ten Commandments. 
because of what we do, because of either our anger or our um, basically adultery on God and making other gods and making other things more important than him and basically turning our backs on him, we break the covenant that he writes. But because of grace, he says, chisel out two more stones. And will you make a sacred wooden box? Will you make a sacred place? Will you make a sacred area just for me? Because of grace, I will write them again. I will write them again. God says, prepare two more stone tablets, and I will write it again on that stone heart of yours, and will you just put it in a sacred place? And see, now, and and I, I believe, like, look, it, it, Moses writes, and the tablets are still there in the ark. Now, I get it. This is when Moses is writing this. This is thousands of years, even thousands of years before um, Christ has come. And he physically still has the Ark of the Covenant, which has been lost, basically, in time. But those stone tablets are still in that sacred box. Wherever it may be, those stone tablets are still in that Ark. And now that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, that that is the New Testament that we live in because of the immense grace that we no longer have to go up to the mountain for 40 days, but Christ himself came down to us, spent 40 days in the wilderness, was tempted by Satan, and gave up himself and his blood for our willing to come back to him. So that he was the ultimate sacrifice, that he was the fulfillment of the law, that he was the fulfillment of all of this Old Testament covenant, so that a new covenant can be written by his blood and by his proof of who he is, he rose on that third day. And so that now we get to have the Holy Spirit live inside of us. So we are that ark. We are that two stone tablets. And so are we preparing ourselves to make sure that God's word is written on our hearts? And are we taking it all in? I will write on the tablets the same words that were written on the ones you smashed. There's kind of a level of like, man, we, oh, geez, Lord, thank you so much for your grace because we are those people. I will write on your, I'm going to put this in a way. I will write on your hearts the same words that I wrote on there once before you smashed them. How much in our own lives do we just smash God's word by doing our own thing? by doing what makes us feel good. And we get so much in our own feelings that are so fleeting and so all over the place that we just, we smash God's word. We don't put it as uh, this higher level of, for us to continue to, to just draw closer to. A lot of times that we love God when it's convenient to love God. 
And then it's convenient to be mad at God when things aren't going our way. Which ultimately is not what we should be doing. I mean, there's this great portion of seeing how we should be reacting regardless of the situation that we're in in our lives. If we look at Job uh, chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. Job is, uh, of course, a very righteous man doing so good. And uh, God sees basically blameless in him. And of course, Satan comes around, messes, uh, tries to talk some mess to God and, and says, well, he only loves you because you've protected him and blessed him immensely. And so uh, God goes, fine, we'll see. Of course, God knows his true heart, but he lets Satan get rid of everything. Satan takes all of his livestock, all of his um, his servants and everybody working for him, and then he even takes his children. And this is what Job says in verse 20. Job stood there. He tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb. I came with nothing. I had no clothes on. I had no possessions. I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. There's no U-Hauls behind a hearse. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In verse 22, in all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Job did not sin by blaming God. And too often we, we do that. When we get a lot of stuff, praise God, I'm being blessed, highly favored, amen. Things are taken away. Things don't go our way. We're in a hard situation. Even when we know we actually created it with bad with bad choices. Some of them. Some not. And there's definitely examples in this where, there, where there's that. But definitely, like, we know that some a lot of times we're in situations because we made bad choices. And yet we turn around and blame God. You need to blame yourself. Now, God does talk about, um, he specifically brings up here in verse 18, uh, two groups of people. Uh, why does he bring up these two groups of people? He says, ensures, he ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. Why specifically those two groups? Orphans, they did nothing wrong. They came into the world, unfortunately, without parents that wanted them. And widows also did nothing wrong. Their husbands passed away. And nobody gets smart and say, well, what if she killed him? Well, that's called a murderer. She's not a widow at that point. But <laughs> there's just this, these two groups, these are basically two very evident groups in society that people know this is where they are in a bad situation that they did not cause themselves. And God has justice over them and has specific attention over them and even calls 
we see that in the New Testament very much, that we are to care for them as well as Christ followers, because they are not somebody that created a bad situation. They were unfortunately dropped into a bad situation. But we see in through 12 all the way to the end of this chapter, he requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and your soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. But because we're not perfect, because we have a hard time with this, because we have hearts of stone, because we are stubborn in many regards, in many ways, and very self-absorbed, this is hard to do. It's hard to do. It's proven all throughout the Old Testament. It's hard to do. So because of grace, God sent his only son. And we see that. So I brought up 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scriptures God breathed. Isn't there another 3.16 that really comes to mind? It just jumps right back at us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One is telling you it's God. And here, those words in some Bibles, are written in red because it's what Jesus said. But God himself is actually telling you, my word is true, therefore my son is true. My son came for you. My son came because of grace. No longer do I need you to come to the mountain. No longer do I need you to bring a, a, a ram or a lamb, uh, a dove or, or anything. I just need your heart. Hey, buddy. I just need you to come to me. I just need you to come and believe and trust in me. That's what I need from you. So will you chisel out your heart? Will you chisel out and make a sacred place, a box in your chest, and allow my word to change and renew your mind and save your soul? Because our God is the author of salvation. Our God is the author of grace and love and mercy. And we see so much in here, and it says, fear the Lord your God. We've had, it was written in here a couple times, fear the Lord your God. And a lot of times we kind of gloss that over in saying that, oh, well, it means reverent and respect. And yes, it does. The, 
the Hebrew word does mean that. It does mean to have reverent respect, but there's a level that uh, the word does also mean fear, fear of the capability in which God has, fear in the capability that the Lord can do very awesome and destructive things. And, but we need to know that the question always is, is God good? And so know that the awesome and very destructive power in which God has, he uses it only for good and justice. Only for good and justice. Many times, uh, so kind of think of it as this way. Uh, many times, how many of you have been told about some kind of new technology or new um, something and uh, maybe you just go, wow, that's scary that XYZ can do that. That can do that. That's, wow, that makes me fearful or that is scary that XYZ can do that. There is a level that, yes, we should have this same understanding of, wow, that's scary what God can do. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. But understand that it's always used for good and justice. Is our God good? Yes. And so there's this understanding of what he can do. And that here's the thing. Only, only that you fear the Lord your God. Just as the Psalms and everyone says throughout this cover to cover, have no fear when talking about anything else in your life. The only reverent, understanding, deep-rooted fear you should have is towards your God. You shouldn't worry about XYZ. You shouldn't have fear and anxiety about anything else but God. Don't let fear be a distractor away from God in your life. Don't let whatever situation that brings that fear be a distractor in your life. Focus only on God. Because guess what? He is good and he is just. When we're going through a hard time, the question always is, is God good? When we're going through good times, of course, is God good? Yes and amen. Uh, I, I got a raise. I got a promotion. I, I got a new wife or a new husband. I got whatever and all this great stuff. And, and yes, God's good. And when things are not going our way, when things are down and out, is God good? And that's when the question really hits the road. Is God good? Do you truly believe God is good? And if you do believe that, guess what? Only fear him with reverence and respect and love and know that his awesome power is always used for good and for justice. You must fear the Lord your God. Verse 20, you must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. Why does it say that a little bit? 
your oaths must be in his name alone. Whenever we quote unquote make an oath or make us we're swearing on something um, as maybe if you've been in law enforcement or any position where you got to swear an oath of allegiance. We make these oaths in something greater than ourselves. We make something, an oath greater than ourselves because that oath needs to have accountability to make sure that it's followed through. And so therefore, as God is my witness, as God is there looking over that I am making this oath, the accountability I'm giving to God to make sure that I uphold this oath. It's got to be something higher than yourself. And honestly, the only perfect thing to put any of that trust and accountability into is God. And to make sure that that oath happens, that's where we have fear of the Lord. can have on respect of him because of what he has done, what he can do. I've said it many times. I see faces on here all the time that have tremendous, amazing testimony is, and stories of what God's faithfulness, God's love, God's blessing, God's grace and mercy have done and are doing in their lives. And it's just more and more proof that God loves you. And everything God does is for good and justice and his will. And we see so much here that we just love him, focus on him, worship him and cling to him in all that we do. May we just continue to do that throughout our days. May we just continue to prepare an area on our stone hearts and make a sacred area just for him. And that's in our hearts and our soul. Because right now, that's where the Holy Spirit resides. It's within us that call him Lord, that call him Savior, and that call him God our God. So let's pray and let's have a great day and let's continue to just observe, meditate and rest on his word no matter what happens today, no matter what's going on in your lives. Know that God is good, God is just, and he loves you. And let's pray. Lord God, just we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for the reminder of, of your grace. Hey, you just you you want to come closer to us, and by so many means, we see uh, the all throughout the Old Testament, even through just the times of Moses, of how much you just yearn to have a closer and deeper relationship, and how you just want us to love you. 
open our hearts and our minds towards you as much as possible because we are your loved possession. So Lord, may we just give our stone tablet hearts to you, continue to write your word on us, continue to uh, download your word into our minds as well. May we just meditate and, and trust and hold on to it tighter than anything else that we have. Or may we hold it sacred in our chest. May we hold it sacred in our chest, Lord. May we have only fear of you. May we have this reverent love of that your goodness and your justice. Or may we just understand your will today. Or I pray a blessing over so many I see and know of situations going on with many that are on here and even those that I don't know that are listening to this later on. Uh, I just pray that your grace and your mercy just shower over them, that your uh, your hand of comfort and peace rest on them, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray your hand of healing is touching those that need it. Lord, I pray that you just, you just fill them with your Holy Spirit right now. You just fill them with your comfort and your love. Give them wisdom for those that just need to understand what the next steps are for them in their lives and where they're at and whatever situation is going on. Lord, give them discernment to understand and see where you are working and where you are leading. Lord, we love you and we pray this all in your precious name. Amen and amen. You guys have a great Thursday. We can't wait to see you this uh, this Sunday, it's going to be amazing. And as we get closer and closer to the Freedom Conference, we are getting super excited for that. So everybody that is uh, participating, everybody that is volunteering, everybody that is helping putting that together, um, we are going to have a great time. We are less than just one day shy of a week away of our setup night, and it's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it, uh, and so should you. Um, and then we're going to have a great time. Let's do this and have a great Thursday. Take care. God bless.